0: Welcome to Catholic Truth. We're going to be talking about the pristine, amazing faith of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and how she's an example for us to have faith in every difficulty and circumstance of life. We all have faith to differing and varying degrees. Some have really strong faith, and some have really weak faith, and there are many people in between. Some have strong faith on some days when everything's going well, but then when things go bad, they lose their faith. So it's not real faith, because it depends on how life goes. If there good, their faith is good. If not, it's not. So we need real faith because real faith helps us through all circumstances, all storms, all weather, everything. It keeps faith in God. Our eyes see this physical world, but our spiritual eyes see God. And those spiritual eyes are the eyes of faith. Faith helps you to see God, to know God, to love God, and to believe in God even when things don't make sense, even when life doesn't go your way, even when things fall all around you and everything is blowing up, disasters of life. Faith keeps their eyes on God. It doesn't lose heart. It doesn't despair. It doesn't get sad or depressed. It keeps faith in God. It says, God, I trust you and I love you, and I know that you know what you're doing. And even though everything else is falling around me, and even though there are many bad things in my life, and or maybe there's circumstances that I just don't understand, and I can't understand why I'm in a desert, and I can't find you... Faith keeps their eyes on God and it says, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Despite this, I trust you. Despite that, I trust you. Despite everything blowing up around me, I trust you. Despite the fact that it doesn't seem like you're real sometimes, I know you are. I know you are. And I'm going to keep believing, Lord, even though sometimes it doesn't make sense. And I believe that you will reveal yourself to me. I believe that you will give yourself to me. This is what faith says. And many of us, struggle sometimes with this, and we need to make these constant acts of faith that I just made. And Mary, she had faith her whole life. So let's take a brief look at the life of the Blessed Virgin Mary and show her wonderful faith and how we can learn from it. When Mary appears on the scene in Luke 1.28, an angel appears to her and says, "'Fear not, Mary, you are going to be the mother of the Son of God.'" Now imagine that. You're 13 or 14 years old, and you're just greeted as full of grace, and the angel tells you that you are going to be a mother, and not just a mother, but the mother of the eternal Son of God. Now what would you say? Would you stop for a second and like most people and think about your life? Think about the fact that you want to go to college. Think about the fact that you would like to get a career. Think about the fact that you want to do this or that doesn't even make sense. And all these questions, as soon as God asks us something, so many times questions arise and we have to make sure it makes sense to us before we believe in God. But Mary, of course it didn't make sense to her, but Mary believed and she said yes. You know, may it be done unto me according to your will. And so she wholeheartedly gave herself to God. Now, of course, this doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense to her. She didn't understand it. But she also didn't rely on her own human powers to figure it out. She trusted God. She had great faith in God. And she said, be it done according to your will. Fiat. And so she trusted God even when it didn't make sense. At 13 years old, she has this amazing faith to trust God. I mean, the son of God? Did God even have a son? I mean, you're a Jewish person, and you believe there's only one God, and you've believed that for thousands of years, and then all of a sudden it says, God has a son? I mean, what? Like some people would be like, what, what what are you talking about? But Mary didn't question all this. She just believed. Unlike Zachariah, who right before this incident, he was told that he was going to have a son and God was going to bless him with a son. And an angel appeared to him and told him so. And what did he say? Well, how can that be? I'm too old. I can't have a son. Are you sure you're talking to the right person? Give me a sign so I can know. And God struck him mute. So he couldn't talk because God gave him him a supreme favor, and he didn't trust God. He didn't have faith in God. He lacked that faith. But Mary had great obedient faith, even even when it didn't make sense, even more so it didn't make sense, and she still believed. It reminds me of a story I heard about Father Frank Pavone, who is the priest for Priests for Life, Human International, and is the largest pro-life organization in the world. And God told him to go to, I believe it was Colorado, Denver, Colorado. Just go. Don't take anything. Just get on a plane and go to Denver, Colorado. He didn't question. He felt God speaking to him strongly in his heart. And so he went. He didn't know what he was going to do. He didn't know how he was going to do it. He didn't know what God wanted from him, and now he is the largest pro-life organization in the world because he trusted God. Mother Angelica did the same thing. Abraham did the same thing. He was told to leave his land. He didn't question God or try to figure it out with God. He went because he heard God calling. So when we know God is asking us to do something, we need to believe and trust God too. And like Mary, the Bible is clear that Mary... Oftentimes, not just once or twice, but several times, the Bible says that she pondered these things in her heart because they didn't always make sense to her, the things of God. And so she would retreat into herself and pray and reflect and try to discern the things of God. And that is an amazing example to us all, that when life doesn't make sense, or we think God's asking us something, or we're trying to figure out what God's will is for us in our life, to retreat inside, and to find God within, to find that Holy Spirit, to ask God for enlightenment, for wisdom, for knowledge, for guidance, and to be quiet, and just be with God, and ponder, as Mary did, these things that we don't understand. And God can reveal us the answers and lead us where he wants us to go. So Mary's pregnant, and she has the Son of God, the Messiah, the second person of the Trinity within her. Wow. And all of a sudden, the angel says that you're cousin Elizabeth is pregnant. And what does she do? She goes off to visit Elizabeth. Now, this might not seem too bad to us, but many people don't realize that the Jews traveled in large caravans because it was very dangerous to travel in those days. You could get mugged. You could get robbed and many other things. You can even die. But Mary went off by herself to go visit Elizabeth, and she left Joseph at home, who would generally be with her and try to guard her. And she went off with faith to visit Elizabeth. And then, uh, right after that, she comes home, and it's about time to have Jesus, and she puts her faith in Jesus. Now, imagine this. Lord, I have faith in you, that you're going to lead us, and you're going to guide us. And all of a sudden, they come to a great big inn, and they look at the inn, and Mary says, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I'm making this up here, you know, just for the sake of modern-day people who don't have faith just putting ourselves in Mary's shoes. Imagine if we were in Mary's shoes and we said, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this great inn you've given us. I can't wait to give birth to your son. Thank you for this inn. And we're praising God. And all of a sudden, the innkeeper says, oh, we're full. We have no room. And all of a sudden, you start to think, well, there's no more inns in the area. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And wait, what? What do you mean? God, what are you doing? I have your son. What do you mean the inn is full? All of a sudden, we are basing our faith shallowly of the flesh on fleshy things, on basically what we see. And when it doesn't turn out to how we think it should turn out, we start questioning God, don't we? And we start doubting God. And many times we put God on trial. God, how could you let this happen? God, why would you let this happen? I am I have your son in me. How could you do that? You know what? Fine. I'll trust in you, God. And all of a sudden the innkeeper comes back out and he says, I have a place for you. And you said, I knew you were going to come through, God. Thank you, Lord. And all of a sudden he leads you down to a dark cave with animals way down a hill somewhere else, and you wait, you want me to stay in the cave all night? Sorry, that's the best we can do. You're about to give birth, you know, I, that's all you can. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait, th- I'm going to have birth in a cave? God, this is your son. Why wouldn't you provide the best room for your son? Why wouldn't you do this, God? I mean, this is your son. Are you going to treat him like that? Are you going to treat me like that, God? And so many people who lack faith and lack trust in God, we start questioning God. We start becoming the grand inquisitors where we put God on trial and tell him what he needs to do and how he needs to get into his act together and how he needs to fulfill his will according to our will, don't we? We often do that. Many people do that. And we don't have faith in God. But Mary was peaceful. She trusted God. And when the innkeeper said there's no room at the end, she said, okay. And she moved on and she trusted God. She probably retreated within and said, God, what does this mean? What do you want from me? And when they were brought down to the cave and she realized that she was going to have to give birth in a cave, a cold cave at night with animals on a straw bed. And literally the king of kings is going to be born in the most minute circumstances possible, the worst circumstances possible did she complain to God? No, she didn't. She had great faith. And she said, God, if this is your will, I'm going to do it. At every moment of her life, she said yes to God. And at every moment of her life, she tried to figure out why God wants this or what God's will was. And is and she didn't question like we do. She just trusted God. She surrendered to God. And that's a great, amazing example for us. Jesus left the glory of heaven, Philippians chapter 2 says, and he took on the form of a slave. He became the lowest of all, even though he's the highest of all. And he had the most meager birth and circumstances. I mean, he could have reigned as a king, but he chose to walk around as a pauper. He had a sack on. He didn't have any food. He didn't have any lodging. He didn't have many things that we have today because he renounced all of that for his father. He gave up everything to teach us how to live for God to surrender anything and everything at any time that God wants us to. Now that's hard. It requires great faith. And we need to have a great prayer life like Mary and the saints if we want to have great faith. So Mary through all of this had great faith in God. And uh, and imagine the temptations she must have possibly faced. I mean, when she sees Jesus born, she must have loved Jesus. But over the next couple of years, she's seeing a little baby who's crying, who's pooping, who's puking. (laughs) I mean, this little baby, and she might have asked herself or been tempted to ask herself, is this really the eternal son of God? I mean, he's pooping. I'm changing his poop. I'm changing his puke. I'm brushing his teeth. I'm teaching, how can this be the son of God? Now, any of us may have asked that, and have doubted. Even John the Baptist doubted. He's like, are you the one that God sent into the world, even though he knew he was the one? In prison, he had some doubts, and he asked Jesus, for faith. Even the apostles asked Jesus to increase their faith. But Mary continued to believe in God. She didn't keep questioning like we do or try to figure out or say this doesn't make sense. She trusted in God, and she trusted that Jesus was the Messiah in the highs and in the lows when things didn't make sense, when the prophet Simeon said a sword was going to pierce her heart. She didn't quite know what that meant, but the Bible says she pondered these things in her heart. She was regularly praying to God, and that's important. She had a good deep prayer life. She was regularly reflecting on God, on his plan, on his words, which is what we need to do. We need to be reading the Bible, reflecting on his word, re- reflecting on what he, we think he's telling us and discerning these things. Paul says to discern all things and hold on to what is good. How can we know what God wants from us in our life? How can we know his will? How can we know our future? How can we know anything if we don't have a deep prayer life. Not a prayer life that's just a couple minutes before bed every night or a couple minutes of just praying, you know, an Our Father, and Hail Mary. No, we're talking about a deep relationship with Jesus, talking to Him, loving Him, thanking Him, and being in silence and pondering His Word and what He's teaching us. So important to learn from Mary how to follow Jesus. The problem is many of us see with only fleshy, physical eyes. And so when something doesn't go well, when a loved one dies, when we lose our job and we're out of a job for a long time and we start getting depressed and we start questioning God and we start yelling at God and we start demanding that God give us what we desire, that's not faith. That's us acting like babies, acting like children with fleshy kind of faith, a very immature faith. What we need is to pray to God to increase our faith, even as the apostles did, to increase our trust in him, to increase our hope in him, and to increase our perseverance, to persevere even through hard times, difficult times, the most difficult times. I mean, the saints had the most horrendous circumstances, and yet they still had joy, peace, and faith in their hearts, because that's what we're called to do. I mean, that's the ideal. Jesus was killed on the cross, and he never lost faith in God. Mary was told that Jesus was going to be crucified on the cross. Her son was going to be crucified... And of course she said yes. And of course she had to give that up to God and not try to, try to control life and control situations. Many of us want grandkids. And so we don't want our kids to become priests or nuns or many of us want our kids to become nuns and priests. And we don't want them to get married or we are trying to control God many times in our life. We want this thing and God wants something else. And so like Jacob, we wrestle God and always we lose. Jacob had great faith in God though. Oftentimes we do not. We're little babies who cry until we get what we want, and we demand, and we demand, and eventually we break, and we either lose faith, or we fall away from faith, or if we don't understand God, and we don't have a prayer life, we're just going to kind of fall away from God, or some people lose faith cold turkey. It's kind of like the parable of the seeds, and we get it choked out of us, or we just lose it all together. And so we need to look to Mary, who had great faith in all circumstances. She was told that her son was going to die, and she said okay, and she was st- strong. She was obedient. She was there by his side the whole time. All the other apostles ran away except for John. And even before, Peter questioned Jesus and said, you're not going to die. And the other apostles are like, wait, what do you mean you're going to die? They all questioned Jesus on this. But Mary was there by his side. So through the highs, like the resurrection and the descent of the Holy Spirit, and the lows, like the crucifixion and having a sword pierce her heart, and the confused parts where she might not know what's going on, like she was going to be the mother of God. And she even saw Jesus and he didn't look like God, feel like God, sound like the son of God. He looked like a little human baby. She trusted God through it all. She wasn't fickle. She wasn't up and down all around, depending on the circumstances of life. She looked at God and she kept her face on God. Same thing with Jesus. When he knew he was going to be crucified, the Bible says he set his face like flint, like stone. He knew what he needed to do, and nothing was going to deter him from that. Do you have that kind of faith? Do I have that kind of faith? The answer is no, not always. (laughs) A lot of times I do. But sometimes I struggle, I question, I wonder. I need to get down on my knees and say, God, teach me. God, I'm humbling myself before you. Please lead me, enlighten me, help me to learn from you. Help me to have the faith that you want me to have. And if we don't have the faith that we want, the Bible says faith is a gift, so we need to ask for it. The apostles asked for it, so you shouldn't be ashamed to be asking for it either. The apostles were the first leaders of the church, and they were asking for faith. How much more should we be asking for faith every single day? begging for faith if we don't have faith, begging for trust, begging for those virtues and gifts that we need from Christ so that we can be strong and not fickle in our faith. I remember the quote that Padre Pio, St. Pio, once gave, and he said, To doubt God is the biggest insult of divinity. Why are you doubting God? And what are you doubting? Are you doubting that he has your best interest in mind? Or do you doubt that he's not strong enough to do what he needs to do in your life. And then he's not going to guide you. Usually we doubt one or the other that he doesn't love us enough or he's not strong enough. And he's both. He can do both. But the reality is we doubt divinity. God, do you know what you're doing? God, why would you let this happen? God, why did you let my grandmother die? God, this, God, that. And we're asking God as if he doesn't know what he's doing. Our feeble pea brains can't even see three seconds, 30 seconds, or even a minute into the future, and we're questioning God, who can see everything with crystal clarity. Yes, we might be hurt. Yes, we might be sad. Yes, we might not understand. But to put God on trial as if he doesn't know what he's doing, a better thing to do is, God, I have no idea what's going on in my life. I need your enlightenment. God, I don't know why these things are happening and it doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to trust you. Please help me to trust you. Please reveal to me your plan. Please reveal to me your will. Show me what I need to see that I'm blind to, God. Help me to see as you see. These humble prayers will help you to break through with God and have great faith and trust and break through moments with him far more than questioning him, doubting him, getting upset at him, you know, running away and saying, I'm not going to believe in you more anymore, God, and many other things. We need to humble ourselves before him and seek his face. Mary had great faith in every circumstance of life. She had a great prayer life, and she had a great interior life, meaning she constantly retreated inside and meditated on the presence of God, reflected on his word, and reflected on things in her heart. We need to do the same thing if we are going to be disciples of Christ. Get down on your knees and pray every single day for great, amazing faith. Ask Jesus to bless you, heal you, heal those broken parts that keep you from trusting in him. Those broken, uh, hurts in us, maybe from our parents, maybe from a boss, maybe from a broken relationship. These things hurt us and keep us from trusting God. Whatever it is, ask God to give you the great faith that Mary had, to give you the faith that he wants you to have. Because when we have this faith, we will be fully alive, and nothing will come between us and our Lord Jesus Christ. Please, pray for us. Please pray for me that I may have great faith, that I might not falter when the test comes, that I might not fail when things don't make sense around me or I'm getting pounded on all sides. I need to keep faith too. So please pray for me, and I will be praying for you. If you like this video and you think it's important, please share it with others. And please subscribe to our channel so you get many more videos like this. Also, please like this video. Kiss that like button. Don't smash it because we're Catholic. I mean, goodness. (laughs) Just... Kiss that like button. Give it a little holy touch, a little like. And uh, make sure to leave a comment too, because liking, commenting, and sharing these videos help to make them more popular and help more people to see them. Our world is dying, and it needs Catholic truth. And you can help us to evangelize by sharing these videos and liking them. And you can help us evangelizing by supporting us on PayPal or Patreon below. $10 a month, $25 a month, $50 a month if God has blessed you. Some people even give $100 to $150 a month because they understand that our work is so important, and souls are dying every single day. And God has appointed us to help as many as humanly possible. So thank you for considering supporting our ministry. For all of our new patrons, we thank you so much. You are the reason this ministry exists, and we thank you. And every soul saved, you have a hand in that. You are cooperating with God. So thank you so much. Thank you for all that you do for us, and may God bless you.